Welcome to another episode of Ran Out of Talent. I'm your host, Joe Zare Jr., and with me is Ryan Greening. How's it going tonight, Ryan? Podcast. Pod- yeah. Podcast. Yeah. Podcast time. It is. That's I- uh, one of my favorite motocross podcasters starts his show off that way, and people either love it or hate it. Yeah, I like it. Oh, how was your weekend? Not too shabby. I didn't get any racing in. I wanted to. Um, I I half had plans, or let's say Friday I had plans to hit the 510 on my way up to Brainerd. Right. I was going up going up there to grab my dog, and I, I ended up not wanting to wake up early and do it. And then um, they must have, he must have just turned his race day into a practice day. Okay. Maybe they didn't get didn't get enough people to run a race because i had i was kind of following what was going on in the area all day for racing wise and i i didn't see any racing happening there so okay look look like uh between the the toy box thunder road and dollar hobbies all had races on the same day and that must have ate up most of the racers yeah i mean on a on a regular club day that will hurt so yeah, for sure. So before we get into anything, I did a jiu-jitsu tournament this weekend. Sore as hell, but I had a lot of fun. But I how'd it go? I sucked. I sucked in gi because I got caught with gi shit. So basically, got collar chokes and whatnot. In no gi, I took a bronze and battled a, like all hell during the silver medal match and. That was fun, but the reason I bring it up because, you know, jiu-jitsu, besides RC, has been heavy in my life. Yeah. Um, I saw the jiu-jitsu version of cheating in stock. <laughs> Let's hear it. So this guy, he's been a problem at some Muay Thai kickboxing events and all this stuff, but it's like whatever. I see him. He's part of the main, br- main branch of the gym I go to. I go to an Elk River branch. He goes to the main branch, and he's been a problem. He starts bar fights and all that crap. Oh, boy. So it's like whatever, but so he's at this jiu-jitsu tournament. He's winning the match five points to zero, gets stuck in a slightly tough position, and he bites his opponent. In front, no. in front of his wife and kid, and right there in my head, I'm not, I'm not like, oh, what a shame, how unexpected. I go, this, right away in my head, this is the exact same mindset of cheating in stock buggy. <laughs> I should say intentionally cheating in stock buggy because a lot of uh, off the shelf motors have been getting flagged at races. Sure. That's not a racers, but when you're intentionally cheating, that that's exactly. I'm like, oh, my, it's right there. <laughs> it's so, so shameful. It is. You know what else I saw yesterday for the first time that's not RC related? What a compound fracture. Ooh, no thanks. That's, I'm good. That screwed with my head for my last couple matches. I don't mind when stuff like that happens to me. I really, really mind when it happens to other people. I don't like seeing it. When I saw it happen, it's like it sounded like a twenty-two. Ugh. 
Well, he so somebody so like somebody was caught in an arm bar or something, and they didn't. No, um, he was getting taken down. The guy who got the guy who got the uh, fra- the compound fracture, and instead of accepting the takedown, he posted out with his hand on the way out, and basically two men's weight went down on his wrist. Ooh, yeah. And uh African big African American officer walks in, we're like, Oh man, he'd be awesome at jujitsu. That's what we're all thinking. But he gets this look on his face. Man, a bunch of white boys doing white boy shit. <laughs> I, I, he he had that look on his face. I thought that was hilarious. Even though they're you know, all races and whatever were represented, that's sure. He just saw see a white boys fucking each other up. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of a sea of white boys screwing each other up, yeah, a video just popped up right before we went online. Yep, of a guy getting sucker punched on the driver's stand. Yep, if you if you haven't seen it, it's uh, TV RCR carpet track is something that you can type into your YouTube feed to get to it. You fast forward. To if you if you stop at two minutes forty seconds, you'll see the first on track incident. Yep. Followed by another on track incident about one or two laps later, and then you'll get to see a guy. I I would call it a sucker punch, even though it's face to face. Um, I think this dude, even though he was being confronted, he had absolutely no idea that a fist was coming his way. Right. And he got caught. Oh yeah. Because. This dude connected. He's this dude's clearly punched people before. I was gonna say most RC racers are harmless in a fist fight and it's slap boxing, but this dude, I mean, his defense was garbage because when he threw that punch, his other hand was straight down. You know what I mean? But yep. the punch itself, all three of them, because he did one, two, three. The third one totally knocked him out cold. Yep. Yeah. My wife saw that and they're like, "Ooh, man." She <laughs> she she was like, "That's not good." But, you know, we've we've um I won't say fully banned, but we have suspended one or two racers from the MNRC for they ain't get violent like that, but man, that's right around the corner with those guys. Sure. So we had to take action. That was a couple of years ago, and we haven't had an issue that bad since. Sure, there's shouting on the driver's stand. There was a face-to-face confrontation between Pablo and Josh at the last MNRC race, but they weren't going to punch each other. They're both... Josh Ford? Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear anything about this. Ah, uh, it's just... Bunch. Just getting worked up, yeah. racing stuff. Yeah, um... Something happened with Josh, and he broke out of the race and got back on, and him and Pablo got a little aggressive with each other, and that's one saw it one way, another saw it another way, and they didn't yell. They talked loudly. That's what they did. Okay. You know, and that took care of it. Yeah, we haven't had a lot of heavy confrontation in a while. It's been a long time. (laughs) Yeah. So one time, Senior was almost in a fist fight. <laughs> okay. 
back, I want to say, 93-ish, um, the guy's nickname w- was Fingers because he was missing a bunch of fingers. <laughs> he was a drunk a-hole. He was the uncle of a racer. He brought him to the track when his parents couldn't. And I'm still friends with the racer to this day. He hasn't raced anymore, but he's, I'm still friends with the guy and still talk to him. But so we both crash. I crashed first. The other guy crashed second. The other guy crashed closer to senior, though. But since I crashed first, he went and got me first, which is the rule. Any way you look at it, you get the first person first. So afterwards, this drunken guy missing a bunch of fingers grabs Senior by the shirt and pushes him up against a pit table and goes, if you effing get that truck before my nephews again, we're going to have a serious effing problem. And this guy is like four or five inches shorter than Senior, just pissed drunk. <laughs> it's like, oh, man. I, that actually freaked me out a little bit at the track. And then the next week he was allowed back, which because it was just a pushing deal. And he acted like nothing happened and was trying to be all friendly with me. And I was just a little kid. It's like, dude, no. So, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> I, I've, I rarely get to tell that story. So, anytime I get a chance. <laughs> sure. Yeah, there was... I can remember some pushing and shoving at wheel brokers, actually. So Really? This would have been... Either 2015 or 16. Hmm. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't remember who was involved. Are but, you comfortable yeah, saying lots names? Of, what's that? Are you comfortable saying names or is it just not important? No, I, I literally can't remember oh, okay. who was involved. I got you. I got you. Um, some, some, somebody listening might because, you know, a lot of guys that I know used to go to those races. Yeah. But, yeah, if anybody remembers who and what that was, let me know. Yeah. It's dude that that was above and beyond. And what so the I don't know if he owns a track. It's uh, are you friends with Tim Wallace on Facebook? Nope, not familiar. He's heavy into motorsports. Like he, he runs like regional NASCAR stuff, like the Welland series and stuff like that. Okay, and he does drag racing with. I don't know if it's full top fuel, but it's a rail car. Um, He was at the race. He says he made a post and deleted it. I think it's his track, I want to say, or he's affiliated with it somehow. And before he deleted it, he said there will be no charges pressed. Sure. Well, that is all well and good. But I bet the guy on the driver's stand's never been knocked out. I bet he doesn't know the repercussions of a heavy concussion. I mean. The guy that did the, that threw the punches? No, the guy that received. Okay. So you're saying he doesn't know what he's in for the next few days or weeks ahead. Uh, My nephew got one so bad it took six months. But that was for football. College football. You know? Yeah, that's a long, long time for residuals. It's yeah. pretty serious. I don't think he's going to have anything that bad. But what if it is? Mm-hmm. 
If yeah, you, everyone's different, right? They're they're like snowflakes. It's no two concussions are the same. Right, right. And this may sound bad. So you're not pressing charges all of a sudden. There's no you can't sue the guy. I mean, right. you probably don't you don't want to sue the guy, but if he costs you your wage, you got to sue him. Mhm. I but if he just misses a day or two of work, hey, you know what? I saw you um you looking at the other side of it and you know, maybe the guy's been hacking him for a year. Yeah, and to be clear, I'm not justifying oh, what no. the guy did. I, I don't think there is any justification for it. I don't I don't condone it. You know, at the same time, like, you watch a video like that, and if you don't think about the person personally, you find it funny. Right. But on the other hand, yeah, like I say, I don't condone it. I just was trying to get into the guy's head. You know, yeah. you're trying to get inside somebody's head that's not thinking clearly. So yeah. I think, well, what, you know, what would piss me off to that point? Right, right. Oof. I mean, I've been pissed off to that point, but I'm, and I've been unstable, but I've not been that unstable. There was a dude that I used to race with that I, I'm just not a violent person, so I right. don't think I would ever resort to that type of physical violence at an RC race. Right. Um, but I, yeah, I'd, I'd like to, I'd almost like to go back in time and like slash the guy's tires once or yeah. something because I was so sick of the blatant hacking. Right, right. You know, I'm always not excited, but kind of excited to look for a situation to where I can defend myself in. Sure. Never start a violent altercation. I'll have fun defending myself, though. Right. I mean, I enjoy it. A lot of people don't enjoy it. A lot of people... So, a lot of people are... And this is normal. I felt this my first jiu-jitsu tournament. People get in a situation that they really don't know what they're getting into. And they get blackout anxiety that it scares them so bad. Which is understandable. It happens to everybody. Sure. But... I mean, imagine what happens if somebody throws a punch at somebody like me and I dodge it and get an underhook on them. It's over for them. <laughs> not their life. I'm not going to do anything stupid. Yep. But I can do whatever the hell I want. <laughs> Anyways, so any more thoughts about, on that one? I mean, I just thought we'd start, well, both of us thought we should start out with that one because... Uh, that was breaking news, and we don't ever get breaking news. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I just, uh, yeah. Hope the hope the guy that was basically used as a punching bag. I hope he recovers quickly. And uh, on the other side of it, I, I I really hope they don't let the other guy back into that track again. I I don't think he deserves to be there. There's RC. As much as we like to think we're, you know full-on racers it's not the same not. as one as one-to-one -one racing your your life isn't on the line right so it you know when i was racing dirt bikes or snowmobiles or guys that race cars that's really dangerous stuff 
Right. So when somebody does stupid moves like that that take you out and can cause you physical harm, that I feel like that puts it on a different level because in the one-to-one racing world, this type of thing happens all the time. Oh, yeah. Like like every single weekend. Do you remember the dude uh, going two feet into the guy's windshield, the late model, late model race? <laughs> no, I don't. Oh, it was just hilarious. I don't know what he was trying to accomplish, but he, like, jumped. He's like running towards the guy's car and he jumped up. I'm like, what's he jumping for? All of a sudden, he sticks both feet out, kind of like uh, Khabib did when he's jumping out of the cage at uh, Connor's boy, Connor McGregor's <laughs> okay, boy. Okay. He yep. did that through the guy's windshield. It's like, there's no <laughs> end game there. You're stuck now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. You're right. Full scale, it's different. RC, I mean, dude. Yeah, there's, there's no place for it here. No. There isn't. I mean, but at the same time, I do. I can kind of understand I, how I somebody's too. button can get pressed Dude, like that. Uh, at the five ten last week at the trophy race, we had a. There was one guy pushing people's buttons, but he wasn't intentionally doing it. Mm-hmm. But some people were getting mad, mad, you know, yep. like a couple times I went, oh, come on, bro, you know? Yep. But yeah, some... you get, you get, you still get angry even when less experienced people do it, but you kind of catch your head Yeah. in time to say, eh, well, you know, they're new to it, but there's, there's the people that should know better and they still drive like hacks. Right. And that drives me absolutely nuts. Yeah. But there. So, hmm, here's a question. So what constitutes, in your head, being a hack and what constitutes just being aggressive? Because I think, you know, like I can be aggressive without being a hack to where I touch wheels with somebody, but they're not going in the tube. And if Mm -hmm. they do go in the tube, I'll wait type thing. Yeah, like running people over from behind. That's a hack, right? Oh, and I'm sure. I'm guilty of it. I just did it a couple weeks ago. I ran over my best RC friend, Connor Ehlers. He was a TQ. I started second, and I had a lightning reflex on the on the tone. Oh, and so we went into the second turn, and he was kind of just trying to get through his first lap. Yep. And I was full of adrenaline because I had such a wicked start, and I just ran his ass right over. <laughs> so. But I and mean, it's, it's Connor. You know, I, ru- I ruined his whole race. I ruined my whole race. And, but there's a difference between doing a move like that and, you know, feeling remorse for it and, you know, trying to make amends. And then there's the dudes that do it multiple times per race. Right, right. But also, though, Connor, yeah, it's, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I get it, and we've we've all done bonehead moves. It's just the people who do it repeatedly. You, you know, what I hate the most is Days of Thunder, when Harry goes, "Robin's racing." <laughs> it's not you, dickhead. <laughs> no, if you if you want to rub race race uh, short course trucks, right? Now you have those all... guys. Those guys can get a little bit of rubbing in and get away with it. Yeah, well, closed wheel wells. Yep. But, yeah, you, you get all these wannabe, especially up here. 
the rednecks up in the Minnesota area that aren't real rednecks are ridiculous. A Robin Robin's racing. There's nothing worse than a Minnesotan or somebody from North Dakota with a Southern accent. Nothing worse. <laughs> They're from here and they have a Southern accent. You know, <laughs> Keith Rains is from Texas and he's barely got an accent, man. Right. It's like, come on. Okay, but yeah. Anyway. I know. I know how you feel about rednecks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> especially the fake Minnesota ones. Sure. So one thing that we didn't hit last week because we didn't do an episode last week, but I got a messenger full from Rona. The reason Cav was DQ'd was all an overreaction and a bunch of BS. Was it not what we thought it was? Well, I it thought he was, was. overjumping. It was. Do you know why they'd made that overjumping rule? Well, somebody went wild and went off the track, didn't they? Like, almost took out a marshal or something like that? Didn't even come close to a marshal. Okay. This was a reaction from a week prior, a kid getting hit in the head. Which, yeah, it makes you nervous. Yep. So, I guess... Somebody in charge, I'm not going to name names, started freaking out and started threatening to kick everybody out with with a race that size. That's not a good look. Right. So they came to the compromise. We're going to make this tape line, which was okay, but whatever. <sighs> so anyways, Cav barely goes over it. And you have 10 people watching that aren't race officials. The second he barely went over it, all hell broke loose. Oh, God. Everybody called him out. And it was dumb. I I got, oh, man, let me tell you. So he was on, Cavalieri was on the No Name RC podcast. And he said in all of his years of racing, he's never seen this type of, this type of, um, how do you say it? He's never seen somebody go that bad of a bad guy so quick as in the promoters. Yeah. And, oh, dude, you got you guys got to listen to the No Name Marcy podcast with Cavalieri. They get actually they get into a lot of good things. They get into the whole Yokomo deal too. Okay. So that's a good one. It's a long one. Just fast forward to the Cavalieri. Did, did I send you that interview? I don't think so. I sent it to somebody. All right. But yeah, Cav he he didn't bash him, but he's he was still in shock. Yeah. It's like what the hell? He's never had anything that ridiculous ever happened to him and it also screwed him in the points for the jcon series too yeah but whatever i mean i just thought i'd bring that up because you know when rona brings it up and says hey this is what happened and he lays out everything about the overreaction that the overreaction from that one guy over jumping the several steps of overreaction needs to be addressed sure i mean i get it and there needs to be a reaction but not that bad 
and I guess <laughs> Dave Duncan was heartbroken because he had to call it. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Dave Duncan, I'm kind of shocked. I, I kind of wonder if he just stayed in Minnesota for a couple weeks because he's up at Genesis doing the race directing at the MIC this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So he's in Minnesota more than Florida in the wintertime, which is the wrong way to go. <laughs> well, luckily we were having a heat wave for him. Yeah, man. A couple weeks, in three weeks, he's going to be up here again. Is it that soon already? Yeah, because my fight's in three weeks and the Christmas Classic is in three weeks. It's the same weekend. Oh, wow. That's yeah. coming up fast. It is. You're. Yeah, it's it's all coming up super fast. 2019 has gone, I mean, every year seems like it goes by fast, but 2019's been crazy. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. Do you have any results you want to get into, or should we get into other things? Yeah, I can talk about a couple things. Um, let's see Can here. I break about getting the double win at 510? What now? Can I brag about getting the double win at 510? Obviously. Yeah, we can start with that because that's a couple weeks back, right? Yeah, uh, we, a week and a day. Okay. Let's yeah. hear it. So, stock buggy. I qualified poorly. It was my fault. Um, my car had the speed. I was just inconsistent. I qualified fourth. Should have done a little better, but it is what it is. Um. Got a really good start, and Menor and I battled for the lead for a while. Now, here's something crazy. Menor was using a fixed timing motor. <laughs> but that's how I got that. That's how I was able to get around him. For him to do the double single on the triple, he had to go wide. And he, there's a double right after that. He had to go a little wide for there, too. Mm -hmm. So that's really. Straightaway speed, it wasn't great, but it wasn't that bad for him. Did he pull that thing out of his spec 12th car just so he could race oh, I'm that sure. class or what? I'm sure. Because those, cause those guys race open buggy in Duluth, right? Yeah. Sure. So he doesn't have a a nice 17.5, presumably. I'm sure he does because he also runs regular stock 12 scale. And okay. there's a big difference between those. Yep. So, um, but yeah, no, it was great racing. It was great racing all the way around. I ain't have the fast lap. I just kept it clean, and I feel bad for Caden Hins. He stripped out a wheel nut right away in the beginning, and he came back. But And I talked to Senior about this, too, because he's got him on his mini truggy. You guys got to knock it off with the aluminum wheel nuts. What's that? Well, they just strip the aluminum wheel nuts. Okay. I, From what I've noticed, I've had them go bad on an A scale. And when they go bad on an A scale, you're kind of, eh, yeah, kind of over it. I Personally, I use the stock steel associated ones. Okay. Some people like the lock nut mechanism on it and, but the aluminum ones, man, they just strip. Caden was fast too. That's what. Oh, cool. That's what the bummer was. Caden was fast. He got something figured out, and but that happens. 
And then mini it's good tra- to it's good to see the Hinzes racing indoors. Right, again. right. They're having fun with it. They might come down to the toy box here or there. Good. Um, then in mini truggy, ITQ. Um, I just had a horrible minute to two minutes to where I crashed, where I'm down to like fifth or sixth, something that <laughs> like that, just bad. And I just put my head down and then got back to senior, battled with them. To me, it didn't feel like a risky pass. But when I did it, people were like, holy shit, how did that stick? I'm like, That's my, my truck just goes where I put it on the clay. I, I aimed it in that direction, and it went, that type of thing. So I guess it was a risky pass, but, yeah, I got the lead and just never looked back type situation. Nice. But I battled with Senior for a couple minutes there. It was a really good battling. So, anyways, sorry cool. I had to. Cause that's, a, that's the first time uh, I've gotten the wins like that at the 510. Dig it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's God, it's a good feeling winning races. I, um, I've got a couple wins so far this year. Uh, both with the mini truggy nice at the at the toy box um yeah it feels really good to shake the rust off and go out there and do some damage obviously mini truggy isn't as crazy competitive as two-wheel drive stock is so you know it gives some more people a chance to compete which is cool sorry i got the cat purring in the mic (laughs) no it's good i like it uh so yeah friday night Typical MMR racing. Not typical, though. Uh, Hunter Holmberg makes his return to the racetrack. We haven't seen him in a long time. He's he's been really, he's been really diving into uh, being a motocross rider now. He worked hard, bought himself a bike, and he's been having a blast riding out at Danny Williams' place and other local tracks. So Hunter comes comes back, shakes the rust off, puts his uh, TLR 22 5.0 on the top of the box. Nice. over Torot and Joey Carlson. Wow. So that was going on Friday night. That's crazy. And Tor, being the, the race-crazy dude that he is, you know, you have yourself a decently late night at MMR and packs it up in the morning, heads up to Thunder Road. Thunder Road had a really nice turnout right. uh, yesterday, Saturday. Dollar did, uh, too. Brian, Brian Bowman doubled up. He won the... The 17.5 Expert A-Main and the 13.5 Wheeler That's a goddamn shame. Torot finished second. Madison Osted uh, got third. Good for her. She's there in Thunder she Road. Can wheel. Yes. Yep. When she puts it all together, she is, she's definitely fast. Right. She, she's always capable of fast laps, and then sometimes she really puts it together. So, yeah, she and she beat really good people. You know, Tyler Johner, uh, Clayton Cardaluca. Your your dad yep. was in the A main for that one, mm-hmm. so se- senior was in the A main. Senior actually won with his mini truggy, so we'll give yeah. him a shout out for that. I was talking to him. He goes, "Yeah, it was ugly, but because <laughs> he, he <laughs> has do a terrible amount of changing between his dirt setup, and he's like, yeah, I just kind of made changes throughout the day to kind of make it drivable.' I'm sure. like, that's why I need two trucks. I can't." have a half-ass i mean not that he half-assed it at all but you know what i mean i can't have a vehicle that's half in half out sure 
That's why I just spent a ton of money. Not a ton. But I just spent <clears throat> a bunch of money to make my new car all the way carpet. You know, all the setup stuff, it was a couple hundred bucks. Yep. So good, good, good solid move though, because then, you know, you'll be able to take that and play with it in the wintertime and the summertime right. and just leave it, Yeah, you know, never, never have to worry about switching all that stuff back and forth. Right. That's good. Uh, also going on yesterday, more carpet stuff, dollar hobbies raceway had a really fast a main there and two wheel drive stock, John Schroer taking the win over Kendall Welch and Nathan Jorn. Yep. Dwayne Fisher was also there, Rex Welch. Um, Pablo Ayers came out and raced for once. He hasn't raced a whole lot of 10th scale in the last three years. So the the first year that he was in town, he was going to the 510 a little bit and right. racing two-wheel drive mod. And, yep. and then we haven't seen him much since then. He's, he's pretty much a, a focused 8th scale racer and does a, a ton of painting in the meantime to help pay for the hobby. So yeah, last winter he dove headfirst into on road and he did it the hard way. He went. How's that? He went to an on road race that was huge and it was like his first race. Oh okay. It's like, but yeah, he was tried sticking his toe into on road. I don't think. I mean, I don't see Pablo as an on road guy. I mean, he might figure it out one day and be very good at it but i'm he's good at throwing around a buggy sure a scale he, he apparently has a big love for eighth scale on road so he used to i don't know if it was texas that he used to do that but somewhere he used to race that and that's kind of like I, I think if he could do that that's probably the class that he would be racing locally but we don't have it so pablo and i need to talk we got to figure something out because that's my favorite too <laughs> you know, there's still a track, uh, a portable track. Tony and Bob Block own it. There's a track to where all the boards are in the trailer, and um, the trailer turns into a driver's stand. Okay. Yeah, there's a track. We got to find a place to put it, but <laughs> I mean, we we need to find a place to put it. Find a little bit of VHT. I'm sure we could find a decoder deal to use. Dude, imagine doing, oh, imagine getting a Heart of America race back in Minnesota again. It looks fun as hell. We, it's, until you, it's hard to explain. I thought, Senior did it like two years before I got into it. I'm like, man, this is dumb. It's such a waste of time and money, that type of thing. And then he got me out and actually, he handed me a car and said, here, just drive the wheels off this thing. And it was fantastic. <laughs> I had so much fun. Every time I went out there with, and then I went and got serious and started, I got serious and started spending a stupid amount of money and my results got worse. It's kind of weird. Right. But. Oh, it is what it is. But, yeah, Pablo and I, we should do Nitro on road next year instead. <laughs> All <laughs> right, you two have fun doing that. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, also Saturday, fans of Clay were racing at the Toy Box in New Richmond, Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. Shruggy class. Uh, Sean and Seth Van Dalen 
made their way down there. So Sean ended up winning Truggy, cool. followed by Ben Savakul and Keith Vanderheide yep. bought a Truggy, and he finished third Awesome. with that. So that was the Truggy class. 13.5 four-wheel drive. Seth took that, followed by Sam Savakul and Al Smith. So Al Smith returned to 10th scale racing. Awesome. Good to see him back. Oh, yeah. Uh, 17.5 stock A main. Seth Van Dalen over Al Smith and Tony Sletton. And Seth wins with a 21.5. That's crazy. But, you know, like I said, um, and Greg, he got the fastest lap. Greg was keeping oh, up with me. Kid. Greg was, his fast lap was about three to four tenths off. But he was driving consistent. But, you know, with the 510, there's more room to open it up. I don't think there's any mm-hmm. room at the toy box. There isn't, but there's there's a rhythm section that if you can do it one way, it can be a heck of a lot faster. But like I said, Seth still had the fast lap. Uh, Al did mention that he had a chance to pass at some point, And yeah. I don't know if a marshal got in the way or something happened there that that uh negated that but anyway i thought that was cool i I don't know why you would want to do that but whatever threw a 21.5 in racing against 17.5s and takes the win that's what um that's what weeda and vanert do up for 12 scale up in duluth they put a fixed timing 17.5 in their car while everybody else is allowed a wide open motor sure just makes it they're at the point to where they need to make it more interesting, you know. Mm-hmm. That, I'm sure that's what Seth is doing. Sure. Yep. Uh, Makes sense. Yeah. That's all I got for you for regional results. Cool. No MIC. That's fine. Uh, I forgot to look at it. Nah, it's fine. Um, what I did see is that uh, my buddy Anthony Swift, that I've gotten to know a little bit from hanging out at Dollar Hobbies, he finally made his return to racing and. Got on a couple of podiums down there at MIC, so I thought good that was good. He, has, he hasn't raced in like five months, and he is way into his RC cars when he gets a chance, but he's busy traveling. Uh, real he race does the he, Yeah, it does. He's a he's on a crew for a real race team in the IMSA series. So Yeah, and he's been making his way up the ladder, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean... Since I've known him, he's been fast, but I've only known him here for a few no, months. I'm saying making his way way up the ladder at the team, the race team. Oh yeah, I'd, I don't know. I um, we don't really talk about the professional side all that much. So okay, okay, all right. So what else? I got uh, J Concepts is coming out with a new late model body. Looks really nice. It does look nice. I thought when it came out that it was for short course late model. Yeah. But it now with reading a little closer, it sounds like it is for the actual and I'm doing air quotes that you can't see. Yeah. Uh tenth scale late model class, which they're a little bit smaller than a short course conversion. Nice, that's legit. And they're they're not it's not a popular class around here nope. because most of the guys that race dirt oval race uh loose dirt oval and those guys racing late model are using short course conversions so yeah and that's actually those short course conversions those use bodies for and i'm using air quotes again eighth scale dirt oval Ah. so like the old 
the old low C late. God. the the nitro the eighth scale nitro kit that they used to have i drove that's one what that size body is i, I drove yeah. Chris oh, they were, oh they were a hoot it's fun and i'd like to set one up and i'd like to race it but i would not like to wrench on it <laughs> sure um yeah techno's got their new wheeler that came out this week yeah. Oh, it's just an update. Hopefully, it looks like the chassis configuration might have changed a little bit. Yeah, I don't know how much. Um, yeah, a couple couple little items that are nice. They they updated the the chassis, so it's like the Truggy chassis now. So right. the the uh, pivot brace or whatever you know locks into the chassis and. Stronger in that area, yeah, they in the front bulk area. Yeah, they they, looks like chassis. they stiffened up the the rear wing mount, which was a, I mean that was a really really weak piece on that car, so yep. that's good. Yep. Well, if it's it's a 2.0, just an update, and it's not all new cars, so you know if they're fixing what needs to be fixed. What else do we got? Um, Proline's coming out with the new tire and. From what I've been reading, it's going to crush a Positron. I forgot where I read it, but people out in California are loving them right now. They take sure. way less break-in, and I guess they last longer. It's called the Proline Resistor. So that's on the market somewhere? Cause I'd... No, no, no. The team okay. drivers, I've been reading it. Okay. All right. Because yeah. I was saying, I... It's it's tough to find stuff on it right now. Proline's website themselves, they don't even have a picture of it. I forget where I saw a picture of it. I saw it on Facebook. Uh, the sure. team manager leaked her. Okay. So, but I uh, they've been I guess fantastic. That's exciting. I yeah. I wonder if it'll work for us here. You know, because we don't we don't have the same type of clay that OCRC and right. SDRC have. Yep. So, um. Hopefully, hopefully, um, hopefully the less break-in thing is correct. So, let's see what else do we got. Oh, uh, ooh, I want to talk about my wish, uh, wish.com drone I got for 30 bucks. <laughs> okay, what is it? Oh, what it was. It's no longer. <laughs> All right. Well, let's hear it. So what happened was I knew it was going to be a piece of crap. I got a drone off Wish.com for $30. And it was supposed to be a clone of a $1,500 drone. I knew it was going to be a piece of junk. But I get it out of the box, charge it up, um read the instructions on how to connect my phone so I can see through the camera that's on there. I get it trimmed out, and I go up and down a couple times, you know, a couple feet in the air, six, seven, eight feet in the air, bring it down, get it flying decent. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to take this thing for a real flight. So I shoot it up in the air, and I it's getting hard to see, so I start looking at my phone. And then all of a sudden, the picture on my phone freezes while I see the drone still going up in the air. <laughs> it gets about 100 feet in the air to where it's like a speck in the sky. And then it 
takes off like a rocket ship. (laughs) (laughs) It was gone, man. (laughs) So then it has a Wi-Fi signal. I think it either got hit by a car or landed in in Lake Orono because I found the Wi-Fi signal, and it was super strong, but all of a sudden, snap of finger, it just disappeared. (laughs) Sure. So that's what happened with a drone off of Wish. (laughs) Just in case you're wondering if, eh, maybe I'll buy that $30 drone. Just, Just don't. You know, DGI is coming out with this uh, $400 drone that they've been advertising on A-Main. Save up 400 bucks, get a good drone you can have fun with. And I'm sure there's other ones. Brian Post was selling a nice one for 280 bucks. So, yep. Um, did you see the Wally Builds program? Which one are you talking about? Are you talking about his, his trade-in program, or are you talking about his, his new... Uh, associated eighth scale builds or what? I'm talking his trade-in program is pretty cool. What are the specifics on that? I didn't, so I read the other article, not that one. So basically what you do is you send him your car and you won't get cash, but you'll get a credit towards a purchase. Sure. And he's going to fix up the year old car and eBay it, you know. Some things you might only get like 20, 30, 40 bucks off of a build. Some things you might get a little more. But it's all worth it. He doesn't, I can't pay for it, but I might buy some of his custom parts. Like the shock, the shock bottoms are pretty cool. Yep. Shock, uh, the shock collars are pretty cool. He just does some cool stuff. Yeah, he definitely does. And he builds a mean car. He does. Super clean. So clean. So I was curious about why the hell would you want the carbon fiber rock guards on your A-scale? It turns out they're so much lighter. Okay. They're a bunch lighter. But they're 50 bucks in comparison (laughs) to like 2 bucks. Like Mm -hmm. if you buy the rock guards off of... Well, if you're buying... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like, if you're doing a full pro Wally builds, you, money's probably not an issue, right? Correct, yeah. Like, his his target market is not us. Yeah. Real quick. So, so somebody just asked to join the Midwest RC group. Uh, I normally own same this stuff, and I'm going to let him in. He's probably going to spam the page. But his Facebook name is Wham Vat Vag. <laughs> I'm letting him in. We'll see what happens. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, no, the Wally Builds program. Are you friends with Zach Rose on Facebook? No, but I'm familiar with him. He did a really good race report after the... Um, after the associated race in Milwaukee. In what way? It was just funny and sarcastic, and I'm looking for it. He called out Trinity, which, man, I wish I could quit running their stuff. (laughs) I'm looking for it. I wonder if he was 
forced to delete it. When was there a... No, it looks like it's still there uh, from November 11th. Okay, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. He's got a lot of people tagging him because he owns 920 or whatever. Ah, there we go. He's goes, Once again, that company enjoys screen over every single person that buys one of their motors. Dude, they were, uh, there were op- I guess, uh, only a what, couple. What motors aren't passing now? So the I, new ones? The X-Factor? Yes. So I guess oh, a shit. couple, only a couple of off-the-shelf 17.5s failed. But a slew of 13.5s flunked. I guess their wire has been oversized since May. So, <laughs> this is now intentional, yes? Yeah, how, I mean, how can you think otherwise? I mean, this is the third or fourth incident in the last five years? <laughs> so, how about, I mean... Is I wonder if Roar, Roar didn't have the spine to do anything against R1. I don't think they're going to maybe slap Trinity on the wrist or be like, they're going to give Ernie a call and be like, hey, we're going to ban your X Factor in six months. Get rid of your stock. <laughs> kind of like they did with the monster. Right. Ernie knew well in advance, well in advance before the public knew. Yeah, but yeah, as a guy about some guy liking S3 tires, but he ran J-Cons. I thought that was funny. <laughs> but yeah, if you get a chance, go back and re- it's a long race report. I just yep. wanted to highlight. I'm, I'm skimming through it now. He's, yeah, he's got a good sense of humor. Yeah, he does. Um. Anyways, I, I just like him calling out Trinity like that. And, and you know what? That puts us in a situation, so... Shelby on one of the associated forums is like, what 13.5 should I get for my new wheeler? He got a B74. And I said, Trinity, but if you go to a big race, there is a good chance that motor won't pass tech. And then somebody else came on and said, why? It's Roar Legal. And I said, that doesn't matter when you put it on meters and stuff. But also at um, the Associated Race, they were using Paul Lemieux's new tech deal. And it's way more accurate than what's been used in the past. I guess it's this deal. It gets, it's 77 degrees in this, I'm guessing a box, an ambient temp. And it runs a motor at a certain level for 30 minutes straight. Not a high level, obviously. You're not running a motor at a high level. And it sits and reads it for that 30 minutes. That's the report I was getting off of it. Sure. And that's how all those motors got busted. And, you know, everybody's like, well, it's a new tech method. But why did Trinity only get busted? R1 was legal. Right. Motive was legal. Every Reedy was fine. Everybody else was fine. It was just a damn Trinity. I mean, it, <laughs> it happens. So yeah. Oh. Um. 
Yeah, just to reinforce it for all of our listeners, you you got to go back and look at this Zach Rose's race report. It's hilarious. It is. It's uh, Zach, uh, Z-A-C, Rose, R-O-S-E. Yep. Oh. He's really gi- he's really giving it to this uh, Tyler Witt kid. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> um, J Jr. Corrado started a 3D printing gig called Stealth Designs. He uh, made a fan mount for the B64, which is it's an old platform, but it's good to practice on, and there's still a lot of us running it in truggy form. Um. It's strong. Like, there's been other crap locally that is crap. You know exactly what I'm talking about. For sure. This holds up, and it's strong. Um, The only negative is the inside battery lead. You have to solder it straight up and down, and you have to put it on the battery lead in before you put the battery in the tray. But so from having my motor mounted behind the motor to where he had me mounted mounted and i put a new rudog fan on i couldn't get my truck above 136 degrees oh how cool is that i literally (laughs) (laughs) and i was in the main i was driving angrily and i could only get it to 136 dig that yep so he's going to be working on that. He's going to be working on a B74 mount also. Um, Will Speed's coming out with a five-speed transmission for the B61 and a different chassis. Yeah. That's a big problem, the price tag, though. Super laid down, they call it. What's it going for? Um, in American money, it's like 330 to 350 bucks just for the transmission and chassis and shock tower. Woof. It costs more than the B6.1. Yeah. Nah. That thing better win races for you. No kidding. If he could promise, it's a carpet thing, so if he could promise... For the double cost of the kit, or it costs more than the kit, so you're basically buying two kits. He better have at least a four-tenths faster lap guarantee. I'm not joking. If he could guarantee four-tenths of a lap faster, I'd pay it in a heartbeat. But there's no real mention of lap times. They're like, oh, it's smoother. People like it more. But why? Really why? Yeah. Yep. Is it just a bunch of British guys jerking each other off under their pit tables? or? I mean, I've heard him on other podcasts. He's a good guy. And I was really interested in it until that price came up. And it's like, tch, dude. Right. And that's it's a super trick looking, though. It is. I'll give him that. Not $350 trick. <laughs> no doubt. Because it's a chassis. You get the transmission case, three more idler gears, and a rear shock tower. Well, I want one of our local well-to-do racers to jump on it because 
I want to hear about it. Yeah, yeah. But man, ugh. think about that. If you bought that and you did worse, <laughs> how mad would you be? And that the price tag is the reason why I haven't bought the Orb conversion. I was going to buy the Orb conversion when it was a Durango platform. It costs the same, like 350 bucks, and you get way more in the Orb conversion. I was going to buy the Orb conversion just to make a wall hanger just because it's so weird. Yeah. I was never planning on really racing it. I was going to buy it just because it's a weird car. And I was yeah, it looks like it. a NASA vehicle for the moon. Yeah, it, it's a real oddball for sure. But that was going to be the plan, and then it was like the conversion was 350 bucks, and it's like, yeah, no, absolutely not. So, <laughs> anyways, yeah, it looked cool until that. I was going to buy that for my carpet car, and I went to pre-order it. I'm like, do I get, like, three kits for that money? Nope. <laughs> so, anyways... I get it. He's not mass producing it. He's doing it all himself, but that's no excuse to be that uncompetitive in your pricing. Right. A um, couple more quick things before we get into questions. The new track up in Moorhead looks pretty good. Yeah. Um, we're talking about the Astro track? Yep. Yeah, uh, I, had, I haven't seen, I haven't really paid attention to him lately, but I mean, when I first saw pictures of the place, I was it definitely piqued my interest because it looks a lot like, you know, what they're doing down at Shamrock. Right, right. Um, so I'm, good I'm, for them. Yeah, I'm planning on making a trip up there this winter. They're in, oh, good. They're in Wait, s- this winter? Yeah. Okay, so they've got an indoor deal too? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, I was thinking, is it the same group of guys yep. that have... They have one out in a park during the warm months, right? Correct. Same group okay. of guys. Okay. Well, I haven't even seen a picture of it because I looked at their Facebook page when I was preparing for this show. and I wonder if they just put the video in the group because there's a Moorhead group. Yep. And there is a video of it in the group. I think they just put it in the group. Dang. Yeah, yeah I don't see any indoor pictures of their club. It's all back from the warm weather months. So basically, there's, yeah, it looks cool. There's a nice looking wall ride. There's a, yeah, I'm not not a fan of the crossover, but it's not deadly. Sure. But yeah, it looks like fun. Two different astro turfs. I don't know how well that's gonna work, but it, I'm sure I'm sure they got it under control. Cool. So I'm planning on going up there this winter, giving it a shot. I got to get my miles out of this carpet buggy. <laughs> Dude, there's so much. It's so much. So I'm I'm putting in a Kyle Holmberg setup, and that's the B74 rear arms. But okay. I, I also didn't realize I needed a different rear shock tower. I needed a shorter one. Um, I needed just a bunch of little, little things, thin shock pistons. I have the brass bulkhead, but whatever it, it, it just sucks. So many different options. Sure. But now I have it. Now I just got to run the living crap out of it to make it, uh, worth my money. 
Right on. And last thing on my list, the Mini T is making a comeback. <laughs> yes, sir. Mini T 2.0 from Losi. I'm so pumped. The the original Mini T was my second RC car. My first one, which I bought in the same summer. It was the summer of 2004. I got a Hot Bodies Lightning ready to run eighth scale buggy. I got the Lightning Truggy sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my the ready to run was just a horrendous vehicle. I mean, it came with a it had a stupid pull start. Yep. On it, which I didn't, which I didn't know was stupid, so I didn't get, you know, a, a starter box or anything like that. And it had a, for God knows why, it had a two-speed transmission in it. Yeah. So that that thing was absolutely awful. But I just, I had a ball with it. So the two-speed transmission, it. could you shift down the radio, or was it a forced two-speed? It was a forced two-speed. Yeah, so it was. The, there was no user input. They they took the crap off of their uh, on-road stuff. They probably had overstock, and they're like, oh, let's put it on this. <laughs> yep. So yeah. It'll give the guys that are just playing with it in the street a thrill, I guess. Right, right. Make... So, anyways. But yeah, the Mini T's back. Um, it's it cool. I I have a lot of fun memories of the Mini T. It, the Mini T came out at the exact same time that pit bikes started getting popular right and they had a really they had a really similar rise and fall like the aftermarket market for that vehicle just shot up like crazy right like everybody made hop-up parts for that thing and then once everybody had theirs tricked out it went over the hill and just died Dude, I I knew people with a thousand dollars into their one mini. <laughs> it, and it it was easy to do, right? Like you could you could replace every single piece yeah. with aluminum and Do you know what killed it? What killed it? The associated eighteen scale four wheel drive. Oh really? Because out of the box that thing beat handling wise the mini T. Sure. But that doesn't mean the Mini T wasn't fun. I mean, so several years later, I had the the short course version yep. of that right. 18th scale, and that thing was an absolute riot. Oh yeah, so it was it was super fun. I got mine around 2006 or 2007, a little bit after the craze. Um. We're friends with this guy. It's 2007, we'll say. Um, friends with this dude named Mr. B. He's um, a old Twin City Hobby and Raceway owner. He's the reason Twin City Hobby and Raceway stayed open as long as it did. He's also a very quiet and quiet man. He was single, but he loved RC. You know, I spent a couple holidays with him at the track drinking beer and whatnot. One of the last times I saw him, sorry, I kind of got a little loud. One of the last times I saw him was I stopped by at his house to go pick something up. And he's like, I have these mini tees here. I don't use them. He had three of them ready to run, tricked out to the gills. Except they didn't have the brushless setups in them. But they had aluminum. They had titanium tie rods. It's like, holy crap. <laughs> okay. 
So we used to get, me and my friends just used to get uh, drunk and driving around my apartment building that we used to live in. Because instead of a hallway, it was like an octagon. So it was a big, (laughs) wide open area in the middle of the hallway. And nobody was living there on our floor except for us. So we used to get drunk and race them around and had our fun with them. And then there was this um, neighbor boy who wanted to get into it. And his mom was poorer than shit. So I'm just like, you know, I'm done with him. I gave him the whole setup. Yeah. His bitch, loser, mother, pawned him. Oh, man. She she pawned him the same day she dipped out from her lease at that apartment building. I saw him at a pawn shop for like, I think all three of them were his like two fifty maybe. It's like I feel bad for kids like that. Right. I mean, he's never he pro he's an adult now. I'm sure. Yeah, he's an adult. What am I thinking? And I'm sure he's fallen down the same shit paths his mother set up for him. He's, yeah, there's a chance of that. Yeah. Anyways, let's get to questions. Let's start with you. What the hell are you doing, Ryan? <laughs> Building a nitro program. Nice. For the summer, are you going to go down to the techno series or what? I'm not going to rule it out, but I I have no experience running 8th scale on clay and it doesn't translate to what we do up here. It does. So it's so fun. I, it's fun. I probably won't go just because I have I have plenty of fun doing the tenth scale thing, and right. it costs a lot less. Yeah. Um, if if I was like a top eighth scale driver and I and I felt like I had a good chance of making an A main and actually running a thirty minute main down there, then I probably would. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll probably wait until we start our season up here. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, all right. I was just reading some comments under your video. I haven't been able to keep up with them. Let's see here. Rex Welch starts out. Ryan talks about how much fun it is to race a tease. Is it just oval racing in general or the atmosphere there? What would could other tracks learn from Charlie? So I've only been there for nitro racing, so this is up to you. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, he, Charlie has a really unique situation going on down there. He's, he's the only one anywhere near us that's doing high-bite dirt oval. The, the closest guys that I can think of that are doing it are all the way over in trackside. And so, you know, we're not going to have our locals driving all the way over to Milwaukee no. to to run that stuff. So he's he's got the market cornered on what he does. He's extremely passionate. He's a super nice guy. Very, 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 very helpful, especially to people that buy kits from him. Yep. If you buy, and like my brand of choice for high bite dirt oval racing is called gfrp yep if you buy a gfrp from him and he knows all of the classes because either him or his son or his friends run them he knows every single thing that you need to do to that kit 
to get it ready to go around his track fast. Okay. So you don't, if you do all that stuff, if you actively, you know, prod him for information, if you buy stuff from him, if you buy, you know, buy a kit, get a body, get the springs that you need, get the spacers that you need, this and that, um, it takes out that initial frustration. Okay. Um, I think one of the things that's so much fun about dirt over racing down there specifically is you can race each other rather yep. than racing the track. Right. So, and it, it, it's, it's got more of, it's got way more of a scale feel to it, okay. right? Because they look exactly like dirt oval vehicles. So that adds a level of fun to it. Um, yeah, I, I just, I have nothing but positive things to say about what they do down there. I would race there regularly if I didn't love off-road so, so much. Right, right. Tony Swenson so. said he borrowed a car to try a tease, then he ordered a car the next day. Now he's got four <laughs> cars, two kids running there, and five entries each race day. It's cheap to start low maintenance and relaxed in a helpful environment. So. Yep. Yeah, I can't blame him. There's a the, the bunch of good dudes racing down there too and and most of them are all really helpful as well so right right cam lynch what's uh the deal for podiums having five plus spots for five plus people i get it for a series like the mnrc to have a top 10 because you know the whole season um but for a single event even big race it seems odd to do more than just the top three it is odd it is it's that there's no two ways about it man like that is that that participation trophy culture right i only keep my winning trophies i don't have a lot of them (laughs) yeah i mean i got two the other week it's like ooh, i got two i have to find a spot for two more but yeah if you need to be in a podium pitcher for fifth place dude I don't know, man. Yeah, do I don't know. Do your sponsors even care at that point? No. Well, like next week, I'm having Zach Donathan on from DRC, Donathan RC, my only sponsor I have currently at this moment. And he cares because he's one guy. You know. Yeah, I would. I just would think. Like, if you're not winning or contending right. for wins, the best thing that you can do for your sponsor is promote their products, help people at the track, be friendly, talk to people, be active on social media. Correct. But I I, I would personally, and you know I did sponsorship for Fox yeah. in the off-road world, I really didn't give a shit if people were finishing fifth place. <laughs> Yeah. I cared if they were being positive influences at the track and online and wherever they went. Also, don't punch people in the face. That's the lesson we learned tonight. <laughs> that helps. <laughs> God, I hope that guy doesn't have sponsors. And if he did, I hope he doesn't anymore. I couldn't tell. The guy he punched had a sponsor shirt. Yep. I couldn't tell if he did. Right. Um, yeah. Let's see. Just it's stupid. Alan, I, <laughs> yeah. it's Alan Smith is... Uh, has a question here where will all the racing action be this winter in minnesota dirt versus carpet silly season in minnesota your opinion on rollers in an rc track i can't stand them i'm guessing he's <laughs> talking about the roller at uh, thunder road sure um if the roller setup is a roller 
a legit roller to where you got a really nice flow between up and down. I like those. But, man, I haven't seen it a terrible amount done right. Have you? No, I, I can't say that I have. Um, not totally against it, though. What? Because we already talked about this. What that track lacked for the spectator, it it definitely gained all the racers had positive things to say about racing that track specifically. Yeah. And we already talked about this, that you can't judge a track just by looking at it. If you haven't driven on it, right. You don't know how much fun it's going to be. Right. Right. So uh, where will the racing action be? I, I think we, you know, yeah. just by talking about all of our regional races, we're, we're spread pretty equally right now we, between all the tracks. Yep. Carpet versus clay. Yes. To both. <laughs> the yep. racing's really good on both. It really is. I mean, I love the 510. I love the toy box. I love Shamrock. I haven't been on Dollar. I love the Dollar Hobby facility. I haven't raced there yet. I, I'm going to try it on November 30th. I'll have a car ready cool. to roll. But, yeah. I mean, but. Silly season in Minnesota. I, I haven't heard any silly season stuff. I, I don't know any people. That are switching I'm gonna, stuff. I'm sure they're out there. I'm going to call my shot right now. Ryan Sobchak back to Team Associated. Really? That's uh, it's a guess. No inside information. Okay. No inside information. It's just a guess. Does that leave Josh Ford as the the lone fast Mugen guy? Uh, yeah. Um, there's Ryan Petrick, but I mean he's a B main guy like me. So yeah, Josh Ford would be the last Mugen fast Mugen guy. Yeah, okay. But I mean it's just a guess. So I mean like Tony Sletton, when he left, a lot of people left, but they treated Tony like shit. When Tony left, Mugen sure did feel it in Minnesota. Sure. You don't get, they don't get very good deals on their racing program either. Tony's been with them. I've known Tony for so many years. He's been with, he was with them for like 10, 11, maybe 12 years. And they wouldn't give him better. I think he was at like 45 or something really shitty like that. And Tony's like, well, I could go to Associated right now and be 50. He might even be 70 with this. I don't know what he is. I believe he's 50 with Associated. But he goes, I can just start over with Associated and get 50 and have more help. And sure. So they said, okay, go. And he went and he took a lot of people with him, including me as a customer, not a driver. But with both sure. him and Kyle Holmberg on Associated, man, that's a lot of good racing minds in one spot right so anyway. yeah, i don't know i i honestly i wouldn't know if ryan would would switch just i mean it would cost him a lot of money yeah. to switch because he races a lot of different stuff yeah he does the yokomo for 10 scale right yeah i don't know but his yokomos are now out of date i i don't believe he's got the uh three so, and the three is basically a B6. Sure. So, anyways, 
see, Tony Anderson. Now that hunting is over, I really need to get out and race my mini truggy. Where should I go? You should go to where they have mini truggy. They have it at the toy box. They have it at the 510. And they have it at Thunder Road. Those are the yeah. three places where and you... And they're, like, really good turnouts at all of them. Dude, we so... had a B-Main at the 510. Yep, that's awesome. It was a super awesome. small B-Main, but they tried running all nine trucks in one qualifier. And it was like, eh, whatever. But we had another 10th guy come in. It's like, now nah, we got to split this to two heats. Yep. So, um... But, yeah, you know, pay attention to the mini truggy group that you're in about where, like, I do that poll almost every week. Where are you going to race your mini truggy this week? Yep. Pay attention to that because, um, yeah, whatever it is. Uh, oh, Tony goes, just in case Ryan wants to report on T's results. They're using scoring pro, man. <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, Shamrock does too, but I I can't get behind Scoring Pro anymore. <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah, it's tough. Um, I uh, I I just they they race too many classes in oval, right? Like sometimes I look at yeah. the the hobby farm is starting to fire up again in Ogilvy. They yeah, they're starting minutes. to increase their numbers. Yeah. Um, instead and it'll go up like exponentially here soon because i mean they have some big race days up there but we i'm not gonna sit here and and tell you who won 12 different classes you know what i mean yeah so i i already gushed about t's for a decent amount of time on this show so right 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 oh man uh let's see here Sorry, I was just in getting reading more on that fight video. Man, that is some funny stuff. <laughs> Let me pull it up. Jeremy Oldham's got a good one. Thoughts on having a pro novice classes at club race. We went to the toy box and put Jordan and novice being it was the only second time racing there. My thoughts are... You shouldn't be splitting up the classes like that. I mean, there's novice that's just an all-around class, and then you go to your class that you have a vehicle with, you know. Um, I'll tell you what. Uh, Jordan ran a pack through my two-wheel drive buggy after I tried to set up uh, wing wing setup change on my buggy that didn't work well, but he went and did laps with the car anyways. And Jordan drove that car so well. And I'm like, drive it how you drive it. And he drove it well. I think you just gotta let the kid fly, man. I mean, have a I with a with a four wheel drive modified vehicle and an A scale electric buggy. He pushes really hard, mm-hmm. and he does need to back off a little bit on that because, I mean, he's – you see the kid do these blistering laps, and then he makes a mistake type thing to where if he backed it off a couple percent, that mistake would not be there. 
but he drove that stock buggy like a champ, man. Just put him in. <laughs> just just put him in the regular class because I think I think he's talking that Jordan. I know Jordan was there with the thirteen five buggy. I don't know if he is there with the with the thirteen five four wheel. I should say. I know. I know they've been looking at getting him a two wheel buggy. I don't know if they got him one yet. But just let the kid go. You know what I mean? Like let let him be in the regular classes because he is a good yep. driver for sure. Like yeah. it, the I'm, way- sure, I'm sure that'll be ironed out the next time that they go and maybe maybe they just needed to lobby for him a little bit more like hey right, you right. know come on he's a he's a sponsored driver he probably shouldn't be put in a novice class and you know right right but you know also I get it too it's like you want to protect your kid a little bit but man okay the way he drove my two-wheel buggy I'll tell you this much he would have had a podium if not beating me at the 510. Sure. Uh, the kid's got a flow to him. So, anyways. You brought up uh, Tony Swenson. He's usually got a, a question for us. So yeah. I'd, I I love going to his swensoda.com slash MNRC oh, page. Any stat you can think of. <laughs> what What is the pit? cup winner do you know what that means because apparently tony's won it every year except one since 2012 him and got uh 2014 it says nate smith won it but every other year it says tony swinson swenson is the pit cup winner yeah well he is this uh, nate's not racing as much as he used to okay a few times this summer but basically they take all their points from their buggy and all the points from the truck, and they were doing Pro 4 for a while too, but they add all those up, and whoever has the most points wins. Just between those two? Yeah, just between those two. <laughs> okay. cool. That's funny. Uh, worst finish in MNRC history, Jason Morrow and Ross M- Muchler. Yep. Each They've each got a 45, 45th place finish. God, I'm so glad I'm not um, on that list. <laughs> Thirty-four <laughs> uh, percent of the total laps in MNRC have been run at the Moto Dome. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, uh, Tony Swenson took one hundred and sixty-three races to get his first win. Damn. <laughs> oh, that's it's awesome that he does this for us. Thank you, Tony. Yeah. Um, there and it's not all just funny stuff. A lot of it is is really cool statistics. You can see all the people that have won over the years and. Yeah, really neat stuff. Right, right. All right. I think we're getting closer to the end. Connor goes, Clayton and I would like to know what the point of a demo derby is. How do you win? What's the classes? How can ruining a perfectly good car seem like a good idea to anyone? (laughs) I'm with them. But it works like a real demo derby. Once you're disabled, you're out last man standing. That's what it is. Sure. You're either, so you get marshaled for the first 10 minutes, and then it is what it is. But you can also get pushed out of the derby. It, like sumo, you get pushed out of the circle, you're out. It's, it wouldn't be my thing. I can say that. It's, it's not my thing. But 
dude, he gets a turnout at the 510. Yep. Yep, he gets people that there is some market for it. And that's so. all that matters at the end. <laughs> yeah, it do, we don't need to understand it because, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there that that we don't talk about in this podcast that's really popular, like the the MNRCC crawler guys. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that's a super popular group that, you know, I'd, I don't understand it all that much, but there's a lot of guys that are passionate about it and... Um, I don't think the, is the, mo- the monster truck thing isn't still going on, but it was going for quite a while it there, right? And it might get going again here now that J-Con's doing a lot of support and all that. Sure. Yep. I mean, you never know. Cause I know, I know, I know John Schroer has good memories about that. He liked doing the monster truck right. thing. It's, yeah. it's good to expand your horizons, right? Yeah. Like get out and do something different. For sure. For sure. Um, yeah, it's just not my deal. And let's see here. This is the last question, and it's a silly one. Patrick Anderson goes, since Ryan posted a RC fight video, best worst altercation you've seen at the track? Well, I said mine was senior earlier. And was yours at Wheel Brokers? Well, that's the only real one that I can remember, and I don't even remember who was involved. So I haven't seen a whole lot of conflict other than, you know, people – there was one time it got really heated at the 510, but it was just verbal yep. between Seth and, ah, what the hell was that kid's name? He was from Wisconsin, Taylor something. Timmerman. Oh, Timmerman. Taylor, Taylor <laughs> Timmerman. Those two do not like each other. Nope. And and Taylor left that day, and he has never come back. So Yeah, yeah. He's Taylor's also a motocross guy. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. And he goes, also, Joe, do you think I could beat up Matt Hintzman? <laughs> Wait, who asked this again? Patrick. No, no, Pat. Sorry. I know you got a size advantage, but I'm... Uh, no, he's saying, I'm... do I think myself? Oh, you. Okay. I got it. Can Junior take? So, first off, Matt Hintzman is the nicest person <laughs> at the track. He really is. I would never fight Matt. That being said, people that nice have a darkness behind them, and I do not <laughs> want to uncover that darkness and get my ass kicked. Nah, people <laughs> that nice can be that nice because they know they can beat the living crap out of you. I bet he's got <laughs> farmer boy strength with wrestling behind it. <laughs> I, I 100% Matt agree. I, I would not try Matt. No, nah, no. Nah. Uh, Matt, Matt takes me down and ground and pounds his shit out of me all day long. <laughs> That's the way I think of it. So That was a good question. I like it. Yeah, it was. And I actually broke it down in my head. And at first I'm like, what the hell kind of question is that? I could beat Matt Scrawn, yes. And it's like, oh, wait, let's think about this for a second. And I'm like, yeah. nah, he's farm boy strong, I bet. Ah. I bet he knows a few things. No, Matt Matt beats me. (laughs) So anyways, so, yep, next Sunday, um, Zach Donathan from Donathan RC is going to be on. We're going to talk more about his products, more about upcoming products. Um, I'm going to talk to him, and you might be on too if you'd like, and we're going to talk to him about his 
what's going on in his normal racing and whatnot. So that's going to be a fun episode. He's been on before. So it's going to be a good one. Cool. Yeah, for sure. All right. Let's end this one. It's been a good one. I'm Joe Zer Jr. And with me is Ryan Greening. And we've ran out of talent.